We'd better go and look for them. The shore that they were walking on drew nearer and nearer to the opposite shore, and as they came round each promontory, the children expected to find the place where the two joined. But in this they were disappointed. They came to some rocks, which they had to climb, and from the top they could see a fair way ahead, and, oh, it's no good, said Edmund. We're on an island. Look, said Lucy suddenly. What's that? She pointed to a long, silvery, snake-like thing that lay across the beach. A stream! A stream! shouted the others, and tired as they were, they lost no time in clattering down the rocks and racing to the fresh water. I do wish, said Lucy, now that we're not thirsty, we could go on feeling as not hungry as we did when we were thirsty. Look here, Edmund said, there's only one thing to be done. We must explore the wood. Hermits and night errants and people like that always manage to live somehow if they're in a forest. They find roots and berries and things. What sort of roots? asked Susan. I always thought it meant roots of trees, said Lucy. Come on, said Peter. Ed is right, and we must try to do something, and it'll be better than going out into the glare and the sun again. So they all got up and began to follow the stream. It was very hard work. They were beginning to get very tired of it when they noticed a delicious smell, and then a flash of bright colour high above them at the top of the right bank. I say, exclaimed Lucy, I do believe that's an apple tree. And this is not the only tree, said Edmund, with his mouth full of apple. Look there, and there. Why, there are dozens of them, said Susan, throwing away the core of her first apple and picking her second. This must have been an orchard, long, long ago, before the place went wild and the wood grew up. Then this was once an inhabited island, said Peter. And what's that? said Lucy, pointing ahead. By Jove, it's a wall, said Peter, an old stone wall. Pressing their way through the laden branches, they reached the wall. And when they came quite close to it, they found a great arch, which must once have had a gate in it, but was now almost filled up with the largest of all the apple trees. They had to break some of the branches to get past, and found themselves in a wide, open place with walls all round it. It was a bright, secret, quiet place, and rather sad. And all four stepped out into the middle of it, glad to be able to straighten their backs and move their limbs freely. This wasn't a garden, said Susan presently. It was a castle. And this must have been the courtyard. I see what you mean, said Peter. Yes, that's the remains of a tower. And there is what used to be a flight of steps going up to the top of the walls. And look at those other steps, the broad, shallow ones, going up to that doorway. It must have been the door into the great hall. Gives me a queer feeling, said Lucy. Does it, Lou? said Peter, turning and looking hard at her. Because it does the same to me. It's the queerest thing that has happened this queer day. I wonder where we are and what it all means. While they were talking, they had crossed the courtyard and gone through the other doorway into what had once been the hall. Across the far end there was a kind of terrace, about three feet higher than the rest. I wonder was it really the hall, said Susan. What is that terrace kind of thing? Why, you silly, said Peter, don't you see? That was the dais where the high table was, where the king and the great lord sat. Anyone would think you had forgotten that we ourselves were once kings and queens and sat on the dais just like that in our great hall. In our castle, 
Apple Paragraph, continued Susan in a dreamy and rather sing-song voice. At the mouth of the great river of Narnia. How could I forget? How it all comes back, said Lucy. We could pretend we were in Care Paravel now. This hall must have been very like the great hall we feasted in. Now, said Peter, in a quite different voice, it's about time we four started using our brains. What about? asked Edmund. Have none of you guessed where we are? said Peter. Go on, go on, said Lucy. I felt for hours that there was some wonderful mystery hanging over this place. Far ahead, Peter, said Edmund. We're all listening. We are in the ruins of Care Paravel itself, said Peter. say, replied Edmund. I mean, how do you make that out? This place has been ruined for ages. There were all those big trees growing right up to the gates. Look at the very stones. Anyone can see that nobody has lived here for hundreds of years. I know, said Peter. That is the difficulty. But let's leave that out for the moment. I want to take the points one by one. First point. This hall is exactly the same shape and size as the hall at Care Paravel. Second point. The castle well is exactly where our well was, a little to the south of the great hall. Third point, Susan has just found one of our old chessmen. Fourth point, can you have forgotten that funny old lily gloves, the chief mole, leaning on his spade and saying, Believe me, your majesty, you'll be glad of these fruit trees one day. And by Jove, he was right. I do, I do, said Lucy, and clapped her hands. But look here, Peter, said Edmund, this must be all rot. Care Paravel wasn't on an island. Yes, I've been wondering about that, but it was a peninsula. Couldn't it have been made an island since our time? Somebody has dug a channel. But half a moment, said Edmund, you keep on saying since our time. But it's only a year ago since we came back from Narnia. It's all impossible. There's one thing, said Lucy, if this is Care Paravel... There ought to be a door at this end of the dais. In fact, we ought to be sitting with our backs against it at this moment. You know, the door that led down to the treasure chamber. We can soon find out, said Edmund. He began beating the ivy's wall. Tap, tap, went the stick against the stone. And then, all at once, boom, boom, with a quite different sound, a hollow wooden sound. Great Scott, said Edmund. We must clear this ivy away, said Peter. They worked to the ivy with their hands and with Peter's pocket knife. Soon the whole place where they had been sitting was covered with ivy, and at last they had the door cleared. Locked, of course, said Peter. But the wood's all rotten, said Edmund. We can pull it to bits in no time. Susan was not the only one who felt a slight shudder as the boys stood over the pile of splintered wood, rubbing the dirt off their hands and staring into the cold, dark opening they had made. Now for a torch, said Peter. Oh, please don't let's go tonight, now that it's dark. Can't we try in the morning? And as Edmund said... I'm not saying it now, Edmund interrupted. I still don't understand, but we can settle that later. I suppose you're coming down, Peter? We must, said Peter. Cheer up, Susan. It's no good behaving like kids now that we're back in Narnia. You're a queen here. And anyway, no one could go to sleep with a mystery like this on our minds. 
Edmund went first with a torch. Then came Lucy, then Susan, and Peter brought up the rear. I've come to the top of the steps, said Edmund. Count them, said Peter. One, two, three, said Edmund as he went cautiously down, and so up to sixteen. And this is the bottom, he shouted back. Then it really must be Care Paravel, said Lucy. There were sixteen. Then Edmund flashed his torch slowly round. Oh, said all the children at once. For now all knew that it was indeed the ancient treasure chamber of Care Paravel, where they had once reigned as kings and queens of Narnia. There was a path up the middle, and along each side at intervals stood rich suits of armor, like knights guarding the treasures. Necklaces, rings, golden bowls and dishes, and long tusks of ivory, brooches and coronets and chains of gold, diamonds, rubies, carbuncles, emeralds, topazes and amethysts. It was bitterly cold, and so still that they could hear themselves breathing. And the treasures were so covered with dust that unless they had realized where they were and remembered most of the things, they would hardly have known they were treasures. There was something sad and a little frightening about the place, because it all seemed so forsaken and long ago. Then, of course, they began walking about and picking things up to look at. Suddenly Edmund said, Look here, we mustn't waste the battery. Hadn't we better take what we want and get out again? We must take the gifts, said Peter. For long ago, at a Christmas in Narnia, he and Susan and Lucy had been given certain presents, which they valued more than their whole kingdom. They all agreed with Peter and walked up the path to the wall at the far end of the treasure chamber, and there, sure enough, the gifts...